Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them for just a few moments this morning because I want to I want to just continue in this vein. I think it's so critical to teach our children and our children's children. My generation has that connection with Israel. But unfortunately, something evil and sinister is happening. And there is a turning away, uh, even in evangelical churches, from completely supporting Israel. And I want to teach today on why I support Israel, why I love Israel. In Deuteronomy 7 in verse 6, Deuteronomy 7 in verse 6, God is speaking And he says, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. He's speaking to Moses concerning Israel. For the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all the people. But because the Lord loves you. And because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Israel. Therefore, the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep him. I want to tell you today that Israel is a people that God said, I choose this nation. I choose these people. He said, you're a special treasure, Israel. And the Lord set his love on that people. And he said, I didn't choose you because you were the greatest. I chose you because I love you. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. We're valuable because God loves us. God doesn't love us because of our achievements and the house that we live in and the success that we create or the, or the achievements and high titles that we earn in life. That means nothing to God. We're not valuable to God because of what we have done. We're valuable to God because God loves us. Israel is a special people. And not only the land of Israel is special, but the people of Israel are special. Israel is a nation that is God created, God decreed, God loved, God elected, and God protected. He said in Isaiah that I have chosen Israel for my glory and for my good, a special people with a special purpose. I want to say this, not only is Israel a special people, they're not like the other people on the, or on the face of the earth according to the scripture because God chose them to bring his son to you and I, Jesus Christ. The Bible said in John 4 that salvation is of the Jews. It means the Jewish contribution to your salvation is from the Jewish people. And salvation is of the Jews, meaning the Jewish contribution is Jesus Christ the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So we should honor and we should support Israel. Israel is under a special protection according to the Word of God. The Jehovah, 
the armies, who, who heads the armies of heaven, guards this chosen nation. God says to destroy the Jews, you would have to destroy the power that regulates the sun, the moon, and the stars. It's not going to happen. God has assigned Michael the archangel, according to the scriptures, to fight for Israel. And they will never be defeated. They will never be driven out of the land. They will never give up the city of Jerusalem. And any nation that sides against them in that will be defeated, including America. And that's why we must have leadership that stands with Israel. They are special people. They have a special purpose. They have a special protection. Can I give you another one? They, Israel is a special place. I don't want people to go to Israel just to go. I'm telling you, there is nothing like that trip. It will change your life forever. And you ought to pray about going because it's the greatest investment in your spiritual life you could ever make. God, think about it. God took the whole earth and found one land and he called it, these are biblical words, my holy land. And then God took one city out of all the world and he called it my holy city, Jerusalem. And then he took one hill in that city of Jerusalem and he called it my holy hill. It's the same hill that Abraham offered Isaac on the altar. And God stopped him because he would provide the substitute. It's the same hill in Jerusalem where the temple was built. It's the same hill where Jesus was crucified. And that place is still there today. And he said, it's my holy hill. When a church, when a nation, when a family decides to bless Israel, a supernatural blessing returns on that family, on that nation, on that person in remarkable ways. Genesis 12 and verse 3, I will bless those who bless thee, Israel. There is a blessing that comes when you begin to bless Israel. The Lord spoke to me the last time I was in Israel. I was walking down the street and I heard his voice as clear as I've ever heard it in my spirit. Not an audible voice, just a deep impression. And these words came to me and I wrote them in my phone. I pulled my phone out and, and, and because I knew I would forget it. Forget it. And, I, and the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, find what I'm blessing and bless it and I will bless you. Find what I favor and favor it and my favor will come back on you. And what we're doing as a church is we have found what God is blessing and we're blessing the nation of Israel and the blessing will come back on us and our families in remarkable ways. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Do you know that the Bible said that there were two Pharaohs in the lifetime of Joseph? The first Pharaoh blessed the nation of Israel. He took Joseph out of prison, put him in the palace, Joseph being a Jewish leader, and he listened to him. He interpreted the dream, and because of it, Pharaoh gave the rich farmlands of Goshen to Joseph and his family, which was the beginning of the Jewish people. Listen to me. For the first time, they have land, and it was given to them by a Gentile evil king 
But when he said, I'm going to bless the nation of Israel, the blessing came on the empire of Egypt and they became the wealthiest nation. They became the mightiest military in the world. But then the Bible said, and there arose another Pharaoh later, many decades later, another Pharaoh who knew not God nor Joseph. And he began to oppress the people of Israel. He began to oppress the Jewish people. He enslaved them. He stole everything that they had. He treated them with misery and their lives were terrible. And then he said, I'm going to kill all the children, the male children, two years of age and under, throw them into the Nile River. He said to his mighty army, throw all the Jewish male children into the Nile River and drown them. Well, watch same nation has one leader that's blessing Israel. Now they have a new leader that is cursing Israel. What happens? God says, if you bless Israel, I'll bless that nation of Egypt. If you curse Israel, I'll curse Egypt. He sends 10 plagues. It wrecks and decimates their economy. Their military that is so powerful that said, we're going to drown all those Jewish male children and stop them from overpopulating. Guess what? Their Pharaoh and their entire army drown in the Red Sea because if you curse Israel, God will curse you. And Iran needs to hear this sermon and, and, and Russia needs to hear this sermon and, and United Nations needs to hear this sermon. And a lot of Christians sitting in church need to understand we are blessed. Blessed and America is blessed in the same proportion that we bless Israel. Come on and say amen, somebody. What you do to the Jewish people, God will do to you. And when we as a church begin to bless the Jewish people, when we as a church begin to bless the nation of Israel, God decrees his favor and his blessing on our lives, on our families, and on our nation. I want you to know today that Genesis 30 and verse 27 is pretty profound. It talks about Laban, and Laban was a Gentile, and he hired a Jewish man by the name of Jacob to work for him. Jacob's name would eventually be changed to Israel. This is the beginning of the nation of Israel. And here's a Gentile businessman who gets in partnership and uses his resources to bless Israel. And guess what happened? The Bible said that they became, this man became so blessed that he began to steal from, from Jacob, steal his, and changed his wages 10 times. And finally Jacob got upset and went to this man and said, what you're doing isn't right and I'm leaving. I quit. Take this job and shove it, basically is what he said. And the man starts begging him. The Gentile starts begging him in Genesis 30 and verse 27. And he said, please stay, for I have found favor in your eyes. For I have learned by experience the Lord has blessed me, a Gentile, for your sake. You're a Jew. And if I bless Israel, if I bless that nation and that people, God will bless me. That's in your Bible. And it's an amazing concept. You're still not convinced? That's Old Testament, Pastor. Well, what about Luke chapter 7? Have you ever read the story of the centurion? And I dare say that you've all heard the story. But have you, have you read 
why, what characteristics the man had that made Jesus send a miracle to his house. The Bible said there was a centurion, which is a Gentile, non-Jewish man, who had a servant that was sick, and he loved this servant, and he was staying in his house. And the Bible said that he went to the elders of Israel, and when he heard about Jesus, he went to the elders of Israel, and he said, would you go try to get that miracle-working rabbi named Jesus, that Jewish rabbi named Jesus, to come pray for my servant? And the Bible said the elders went and they petitioned Jesus to come under these two basic reasons. Number one, we want you to pray for this man. He's a Gentile, but he loves our country. Isn't that amazing? He loves the nation of Israel and he has built us a synagogue. He's a Gentile, but he's blessing our nation He's blessing a project in our nation. He's building our nation. He gives of his resources to our nation to help the people of this nation, to comfort our people. And even though he's not of our faith, would you, would you pray for him, Jesus? And the next verse says, Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. If he loves this nation, I don't know if you believe the Bible like I believe, but if that was the reason Jesus did this miracle and the man said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come to my house because the law of Moses, there's a, there's a connotation. The law of Moses says a Gentile, you, you can't, you're a Jew and you can't come in as a rabbi into my house. It's unclean. So don't even do that to yourself. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus did it. Jesus messed with the law of Moses and performed a miracle for a man who loved that nation called Israel and was building projects to comfort and bless the people. Wonder what God's going to do in this church. Wonder what God's going to do in your families. Wonder what God's going to do in your business when you begin to give to projects just like this. We're going to do things all over the world. We're going to keep feeding the children in Nigeria. We do that every month. The check goes out. We're going to keep the things going at the Dream Center in Los Angeles, the drug addicts, the self -tra sex trafficking. We send the check every month. We're going to keep new beginnings. We're building a new dorm there. $380,000. It's paid for. It's done. We're going to keep doing all that, but we we must also comfort the nation of Israel. Tap on that helmet and say, you're not alone in here. Build the kingdom. Build it because one day our king will rule and reign. Not from Paris. He's not coming back to Washington, D.C. He's coming back to Jerusalem and we're going to be there with him. Come, come on and give the Lord a praise if you believe. I'm trying to calm down. I mean, if you believe I'm passionate about this, I want you to get passionate about it. When you understand that God is up to something very profound and powerful, when you understand that Scripture tells us that Joseph is, I'll close with this, Joseph is a beautiful picture of Christ in the New Testament. Joseph in the Old Testament. Their names actually both mean and have the root in Hebrew language of Savior. Joseph means Savior. Jesus means Savior. Joseph 
is a beautiful picture of Christ. Joseph was his father's favorite son. That's why he put on him the coat of many colors. Jesus was his father's favorite son. That's why when he was baptized in the Jordan River, a voice spoke and said, this is my beloved son, my favorite son, in whom I'm well pleased. I put my favor. I'm putting a coat of many colors on him, just like Joseph had in the Old Testament. Joseph went into his own with his dream of saving the world, and his own brothers rejected him. Jesus went unto his own, and his own rejected him. Joseph was stripped of his coat by his brothers and thrown into a pit and left for dead. Jesus was stripped at Calvary. They nailed him to a cross. They threw him in a pit and they left him for dead. But Joseph was raised from the pit to go to the palace and sit at the right hand of the king. And Jesus was raised from the tomb and he sits at the right hand of the father. And he's been given a name that is above every name. Joseph was given the keys to the corn to feed the whole world. Jesus said, I have the keys of death and hell. Joseph, Joseph, the Bible said, concealed his identity to his brothers. They visited the land three times and they never knew it was Joseph. Three times. It's interesting that Jesus is not really seen as Messiah by many. But Israel has come back to the land three times. Joshua brought them the first time. After Babylonian captivity, Ezra, Nehemiah came back to the land, rebuilt second time. Third time, May the 5th, 1948. Israel came back to the land and they now possess the land. It was the third visit. It was the third visit that Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. How did he reveal himself? Many scholars, even many rabbis teach that the only thing that could convince his brothers who he really was, was if he showed them the scars of his covenant. Egyptians didn't circumcise their sons. Only Jews circumcised their sons. And when the Bible says he revealed himself, he made, the, he made the Egyptians leave, which is a type of the church being called away. The Gentiles are going to be taken out of the room and there's nobody there but Joseph and his brothers. And he's going to show him his scars. And when he shows Joseph's brothers his scars, they fall on him and weep and they are they realize who he is and there's coming a day according to Zechariah chapter 12 that when Jesus comes back right at, after the seven years of tribulation, Jesus will come back and they will see the scars. They will see him whom they pierce and they will fall and weep for one who as, is, is as though he is their son. I'm telling you God has a plan. God has a prophetic purpose and you and I are right in the middle of it. 
And we're not there trying to shove our religion on anybody, but we're there to show the love and the light of Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. But we are going to stand with Israel. We're going to bless Israel. We're going to love that country and we're going to build and comfort God's people in that nation. Somebody give the Lord a praise if you believe it. I'm almost finished. You know, the Bible said in Psalms 121, he that keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And I'm telling you that when your hand moves to bless Israel, God sees it. When your heart is moved to bless Israel, if you will bless what God has blessed, God will bless you. If you will favor what God has favored, that favor will come on you in ways you never dreamed of. And I don't understand what God is doing. I feel like I was thrown into the middle uh, when I met the prime minister a few weeks ago through Rami and, and he invited me back and said, come to see me when you come next year in November. Come and let's have a meeting. Let's have a sit down. And then he starts introducing us to different people. And the ambassador, the United States ambassador, David Friedman, shows up at the groundbreaking of our project. He's never been to that area before. But there he is, the most powerful um, government official from the United States government standing there and saying, I want to support this. And we have been in contact since. God is doing an amazing thing. And I don't understand it all, but it feels like that it's beyond anything we can imagine. And I believe he's going to get us in a place where we're going to make a difference in millions of people's lives in the nation of Israel. For the glory of God to show the love. You know what blessed me the most out of that whole day was when those little children, they knew that, you know, they're Jewish and we honor and respect. By the way, read Paul's words in Romans chapter 11. Can I take just a minute and teach you something? Has Israel been done away with? Paul understood something in Romans 11. He said, there's coming a day when the church, which is the branch that has been grafted into the tree, they were not a part, but they've been grafted in. They will become so fruitful. Paul says this, that they will say, we no longer need the roots. I want you to put those verses up kind of as I don't boast against the branches. And Paul, Paul rebukes this attitude of the, of Israel has been replaced. And he says, don't you, when you start seeing the branch, the Gentile church, the Christian church producing fruit, Paul said there's going to be a tendency to boast against the branches. But he said, don't you do that. Remember that you don't support the root. The root supports you. <laughs> you know what that means? That means that every author in this book was Jewish. There's not a Gentile in the bunch. Zechariah is not a Gentile. Isaiah is not a Gentile. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul is not a Gentile. This book came to you written by Jewish hands. The Messiah that we worship that shed his blood, died, and rose again is a Messiah, a, G a Jewish Messiah. 
And Israel is the city that he said is my city and I'm going to rule and reign from that city. And we don't need to become snubby and separate ourselves from the root because we know that when the root and the branch connects, God will do something among the Jews and the Gentiles, the Christians and the Jews that will astound the world. And we know what that is because we have believed. Hallelujah. Isn't it an exciting day? What in the world is God up to? We are living in exciting prophetic times. And Free Chapel is right in the middle of it. Glory. I said glory. Get up on your feet, everybody, and clap your hands and praise God. Would you give him a praise this week? Now I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. Have you ever thought about it? Do you ever pray for the peace of Jerusalem? So they who do so will prosper. How you treat Israel determines how God treats you. And don't you ever forget it? And the liberal universities and the liberal media in America and many liberal politicians are anti-Semitic anti-Christ. It's the spirit of anti-Christ. Let me tell you something. Satan is two things. You can know this. He's anti-Christ and he's anti-Semitic. He hates Jesus and he hates Jews. Therefore, I love Jesus because I'm the opposite of him and I love Jews and I love Israel. Satan hates Israel. I love Israel. Praise the Lord. Can we pray for the peace of Jerusalem this morning? Can we pray that God will bless this project? About a million and a half that, that, that we need to raise. And then on top of that, the this is amazing too. The Jewish National Fund, the biggest nonprofit uh, Jewish organization heard what we were doing and said, we would like to partner and get it done. And so they matched our funds. And their president, Russell Robbins, Robinson, flew in from New York City and was there and helped me break ground on this project. What is God doing? When Jews and Gentiles or Jews and Christians are joining hands and saying, we love this country and we're going to build a center to comfort God's people right in a war zone, right in a war zone. How many of you believe God will honor that? How many of you believe blessing will come back on the people and the church and the nation and the families that bless this project? I absolutely believe it. So let's pray together for the peace of Jerusalem. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for Rami. I thank you for all of the people there in Israel. We hold that nation up. We pray for Eshkol. We pray for that community. 
we can't do everything, but we can do something where you put us and you place us and you, you have done this. I'm not smart enough to do this. You have put us there for a divine purpose. And so we say yes to your will. Yes to your way. We will build. We will comfort your people, oh God, Israel and the Jewish nation. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for America. We pray for our leaders. We pray for the leaders of Israel. We pray for the leaders of America. May we never elect and have leaders that turn their back on Israel because how we treat Israel determines how God treats America. And may we be very keenly aware that God has blessed us because of the role that we have played in the nation of Israel since 1948. God, I pray today that you would touch a new generation and cause there to be an affinity, a love, a connection to the nation of Israel like never before. Everybody now just say these words, Lord Jesus, I give you my life, my family, all that I am. I want you to burn into my heart a love for that country, a love for that nation called Israel. He loveth our nation and help me to be a builder of buildings in Israel that comfort your people. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Can we celebrate the goodness of the Lord this morning? I'm going to bless you with a Thanksgiving blessing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Did you get something out of this today? I feel good about this. I feel that it's so important what I'm doing today. Because there's a whole generation say, why, do, why should I care about Israel? Why should I care? My goodness. My goodness. How you treat Israel determines how God treats you. Don't ever forget what I'm teaching you today. It is a supernatural key to prosperity and blessing like you've never seen before. When our ministry started blessing Israel, it went like a rocket ship in every area. And I'm not dumb. I said, well, Lord, I'm going to bless what you bless. I'm going to favor what you favor. And the favor and the blessing will come back on you in amazing ways for the glory of God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 